Hey friend, welcome back to the show. Today, I'm bringing you an interview I did with Miranda Wendler. Miranda is a spiritual breakthrough coach. I've personally coached with her and I can tell you she is amazing. We're talking about how to partner with God to overcome empty nest syndrome, sadness, and sorrow felt from family estrangement. I can tell you for sure that it is not God's will for you to be broken, and we're having a conversation about how you can free yourself from those strongholds of sadness. Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Joyful Empty Nest. I'm Jenny Good, Christian Empty Nest coach and host of this here podcast. I've navigated the empty nest and estrangement from a prodigal adult child. I know all about the sadness and feelings of emptiness, but I also know how to partner with God to find radical joy. In this podcast, you'll find tactical tools, candid truths, interviews, and biblical support for Christian empty nest moms. Listen, friend, you can enjoy a better relationship with your young adult while designing a life you're excited about living. If you're ready to figure out who you are and what's next for you, you're in the right place. Pour the tea and pop in your AirPods. It's time for the Joyful Empty Nest. Quick disclaimer, I'm a coach, not a therapist. Always seek the support of a therapist for clinical mental health issues. Hey sis, welcome. Come on in and get comfortable. I have a great conversation to bring to you today. If you're wrestling with sadness, whether that's from empty nest syndrome or from an estranged prodigal child, I want you to break that stronghold off of your life. God has peace, joy, and purpose for you, but you gotta break free so that you can open your hands for what he wants to pour out. So we're sitting down with Miranda Wendler. She's a wife to Fred and mama to four world changers, ages 20, 8, 7, and 5 years old. At 12 years old, Miranda's eyes were opened to the unseen realm after reading a book by Frank Peretti called This Present Darkness. Since then, through many ups and downs, she's been on a journey of partnering with heaven to receive all that Jesus died for. As a spiritual breakthrough coach, she helps women walk through their own breakthrough and transformation. Are you settled in? Got your tea? This is going to be so good. Miranda, I am so excited to have you with me today. And I want everyone to know that I have had the blessing of being coached by you in the past, and it is a truly amazing experience. It is so full of God's leading and divine revelation. Even before we began recording this, as we prayed together, I could just feel God and the Holy Spirit all over your words. So I just wanted to tell you, number one, I appreciate that about you. And I would like for you to tell us a little bit about what led you to this work that you do and who do you serve in your coaching? Oh, thank you, Jenny. I know I feel like the power in my arms right now. So anytime the glory is here and it always is, it's so 
exciting because I'm like, okay, God, what are you about to do? <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Um, but it's an honor to be on your podcast. And I'm just such, I'm just so blessed to be here. That is awesome question. So I have a background in the natural health department and I'm going somewhere with this. And so I learned in that season of being a natural healthcare practitioner during that time of just like learning more about people and kind of like digging into what's really going on. Almost like Holy Spirit was like, look deeper, beloved, right? And I wasn't always hearing God at the time. So I'm serious. We, I was just new, like I was safe since I was three years old, but then I, I, I don't even want to say fell off the road. I really needed to find out around age, like 24 for myself. I had an encounter with the father, um, during a harp and bowl service of where people were worshiping on the stage. And like uh, the man in the corner out of IHOP, Kansas city, they came to Madison where I was at the time he was praying the word, but then they were worshiping freely before the Lord. And I remember having this where I was like, I, I don't know God. I know like the religious God and the God I made up in my head and the God I learned as a child. But if this is the father, like I'm turning my life back to the Lord kind of thing. Cause I strayed, I totally strayed. And man, the, the pathway from religion to relationship, religion bondage, not like pick your religion, but the religion bondage relationship was really rocking me. And at the same time I was going through school. So I come back to the Lord, I'm going through school and I'm hearing look deeper. And I'm like, I guess this is you. So we'll look deeper. And he really, like my patients would present with, of course, physical pain, inflammation. And he's like, go below, like go beneath the surface. So I realized the importance of healing the whole man, right? The spirit, soul, and body, and also healing from the inside out. And I was really drawn to the emotional realm, even way back then. And I didn't really realize, right? You look back and you see the story God's weaving. So the father led me through my own healing journey through all that learning to look beneath the surface, listening or hearing, I should say, for what wasn't being said by the people and just look deeper. And so he led me through my own healing journey. I'm healing and I've been healed from multiple traumas, PTSD, anxiety, depression, woo, the list. And, uh, but along the way, I hired a coach and the father seriously led me through a coach off Facebook, by the way. And I, she partnered with heaven. Okay. So she coached me through one of the most, like almost my fourth rock bottom, difficult times. And I was looking, I remember just looking and just kind of, I was really present at the moment. And I was like, Lord, like kind of when I'm back, put back together, I could see myself doing this. And I didn't have that spark any other time, but I was like, no way, it, it's not for me. I just didn't have the love for myself. But I really thought to myself, if I ever get healed enough, I think I could do this. So I laid that down. I went on my healing journey, just laid that down. And about a year or so ago, I heard the father say, okay, it's time to take what you've learned and your tools and equipment women and use your gifts in the coaching realm. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? So he, I said, okay, like you bring them to me and then we'll see what happens. Cause you know, I'm rebuilding trust with the Lord, myself, others. And man, I am drawn to, or more or less the Lord brings to me open and teachable women who are looking for that inner healing and breakthrough, they might not be able to navigate through. They love the Lord, um, but they might not have the tools just to navigate what's in front of them or see what's really holding them back, right? Going beneath the surface and really from thriving and seeing lasting fruit in their lives. Wow, I love that story. And I love that you are a product of your product, that you are living in breakthrough and transformation in your Mm -hmm. own life. So 
thank you so much for answering that call that's on your heart, because I really know that we just slap the enemy down when God takes what was meant to destroy us and uses it to strengthen us and to help other people. So thank you so much for showing up and answering that Mm. call. Thanks, Jenny. Absolutely. And as it happens, we are recording this on Women's Day. (laughs) Happy Women's Day to you, Miranda. (laughs) Me too. And I believe so much that it is important that Christian moms and Christian women receive guidance and support from other Christian women. Can you talk about why that matters? Yes, absolutely. I mean, aren't we wired for healthy relationships? I'm totally believe throughout, like I had my years of like, in a way, self-defensiveness and really different to articulate, but being like, I got this and I'm independent and this almost, I guess, prideful arrogance, like I need it, but I was really, it was really a broken heart there. So I all of a sudden started opening my eyes. God started opening my eyes to like, oh, I need people and they're not all harmful or whatever beliefs I had, but how can we really heal? or be like reparented by the father without having to go through situations or face the beliefs inside of ourselves. Um, And from there, move forward into building experience with with others, history with the father, really healing even our brain. I just think we learn so much from testimonies, really of what others have gone through, and then really taking shortcuts from them or getting acceleration, which I think coaching hugely does shortcuts, acceleration in a good way, right? Even being in the process, but just still, I think that is gold, really gold. Absolutely. There is something so powerful and really beautiful when sisters in Christ come alongside each other, help each other heal and thrive. I think it's one of the ways that we walk differently from the world Mm -hmm. because the world fosters this sense of competition and comparison amongst women. And in the Christian realm, we walk with each other in support and love. And that in and of itself to me is very healing. Yeah. Agreed. Big time. Yeah. So Miranda, I work with Christian empty nest moms and moms who have prodigal adult children that they may be estranged from. And the women I work with really can find themselves either battling emptiness syndrome or wrestling with feelings of really deep sadness So before we get into your thoughts, because I know you have some really good thoughts on how to partner with God to beat that sadness, I want to address, I guess, an elephant in the room. There can be this stigma attached to feeling sad as Christians, and it's as though we as Christians, we're not supposed to be sad, we're only supposed to be happy all the time, and if we're experiencing depression or sadness, then somehow our faith is not big enough, or we're failing as Christians in some way. So what do you want our sister moms to know about that perception and stigma? Oh, yeah, I was like, woo, on the other side of here. Oh, man, you're hitting just such a nerve with me, but like in a good way. And I appreciate this platform and your question to be able to share uh, my thoughts on this. It's almost like fighting the good fight of faith, fighting for the other women that feel voiceless and powerless. Because isn't that the feel like the truth sometimes, but uh, the father doesn't bring shame, man, the importance of getting to know his heart and the importance of me getting to know. I know I sit here and I sound like I know the father, I partner with the father. It makes me emotional even thinking about it. It has been a process to remove 
the, my dad and mom's face or the people that hurt me face over the fathers. That was the enemy, you know, intended for harm for me to, to really break that relationship with me and God, because if I don't see the father correctly, uh, what else is there? Really? It's all like, almost like not sticks and stones, but it's all, it's not held together. The fabric is ruined. The foundation is ruined and he doesn't want that for us. And so since things I learned along the way with, he doesn't bring shame. Shame is not from the father. He created us with a soul. Okay. Our spirit, soul, and body. And I'll mention that a lot because I just love it, but it hosts the soul hosts our mind, will, and emotions. We were created to feel. He created us to feel and process our feelings, not to be ashamed of it. Do not be ashamed of your feelings. I can feel you're sitting there. I just feel a woman's heart or maybe many are just like, what? I, I don't have to be ashamed of what I'm feeling. I mean, my heart, whoo, it's pumping, but he understands. And like, he showed me back in the clinical days and where I was like, wow, this is more emotional than physical. Yes, it's physical. Okay. But at first it's almost like 80% and even science proves 80% of the, the physical pain or ailments comes from the emotional spiritual realm, but we won't get into that. So I digress, but basically if we don't process our emotions properly, disease could occur and our bodies will follow our mind or thoughts. So the enemy knows this, right? So when there's that stigma of be ashamed of your feelings, you're always happy. Let's put on this Christian church face or whatever that's called. Well, it's almost like a setup to shove our emotions down, put them away, be ashamed of them. Um, if they're not dealt with or transferred or felt out, processed, then there's consequences. There just is natural ones. It's inflammation, sickness, mental, emotional, all that stuff comes. That's why I'm like, see, you hit a nerve. I'm just like, please process your emotion. If anything, I'm like over processed. So I've really had to walk the road of, okay, not everything has a demon. But when it comes to the emotional side, how many of us like push our stuff down, right? Where me, that was my story. I shoved it down till GI distress, major. What a great question. Thank you. Well, I love your answer. And it's such an important point that our emotions, when they're suppressed, they're going to come out another way, whether that's in our health or mm -hmm. in our relationships with other people. And it can feel like a self-fulfilling prophecy, like we're just on a downward spiral. But what it sounds like is really happening is the enemy is deceiving us into believing that we are somehow doing the righteous thing by mm -hmm. denying our feelings. And God wants us to actually talk to him about it and talk to like-minded, trusted believers about it so that we can get the support we need so that we can be healthy. Yes. Yes. Right on. Right on, Jenny. And when we've identified with being a mom for so long, and suddenly that looks different, that sadness I know firsthand can hit you like a ton of bricks. Our identity can be so wrapped up in being a mother. How can we partner with God to feel better? What is a good first step? Yes, so important to unpack this, really. Um, in my own life, I really experienced it differently so far than the empty nest syndrome because I was a single parent to my oldest daughter and I was we, it was just her and I for 10 years. And then I got remarried. And when she left home at 18 and she chose to go with her father and go to that fam, that part of the family, I was having like, I had three children back to back. So it was very, um, I don't think I had the time to process, took the time to process. I put it aside. It'll come, you know, but my heart definitely felt torn and felt the emotions. And I was like, is this happening too fast? And 
So I was like, Lord, help me through this. You know, I'm three in diapers and my oldest just left. And at best, I was like, you know, had a cry session and I was like, okay, I got to put this aside. But the father, I just started journaling. Um, I feel like a good first step is journaling. And now if you're not a journaler, you can like voice record, you really get it out, talk to, you want to get it out. And definitely we, I believe we talked about the like processing our feelings. So processing and allowing yourself the time to do that is important. Um, I really asked the father, who do you want to be for me in this season? Um, Graham Cook, he gets all the credit. Thank you, Lord. He was like, who do you want to be for me now? And of course I was listening to his CDs at the time and to feed myself, just get that seed, those seeds planted in my heart. So I journaled, I asked the father, who do you want to be for me? I journaled out just anything and everything because it comes out. It's almost like those waters inside that are churning and the sadness and everything needs to get out, but really giving yourself permission to be sad, to feel the feels mad, angry would be a great first step. Absolutely. So good because you cannot go on the healing journey if you don't acknowledge that those wounds exist in the first place. Mm. And the thing is the only one who really matters is Jesus. And he already knows, he already knows exactly how we feel. So if we're suppressing the sadness or the anger, because we think that would be bad to express it, Jesus already knows he sees that pain and he wants us to heal. He wants us to have a joyful life. Yes, definitely. And so as we start to process these things, I think that is such a prime time for the inner critic voice to accompany those feelings of processing and sadness and anger. So how do we know the difference between when it's God truly chastising us for our growth or if it's the inner critic voice trying to beat us down? Wow. I mean, if this isn't like a pivotal moment for somebody and somebody's lives are definitely going to be changed here. Jenny, you're like bringing out the guns and I love it. Um, but it's so pivotal to understand, like discerning the voice of my father from the enemy really as thoughts come in and man, they're so overwhelming sometimes. And I know for myself, I was like, no, things happen to me. This is what happens. And then I was like, wait, I don't have to let that happen. I can take my thoughts captive. And you read in the word, take your thoughts captive. But for some reason, it just wasn't real to me. I don't understand why that like kind of went leaked right through me. But all of a sudden, I really started getting serious about and learning from um, Henry Wright being health and just who God brings along the way, the mentors. But thoughts come from God, ourselves, or the enemy. And asking Holy Spirit, help me to discern, right? Partnering with Holy Spirit, whoo, best thing you could ever do. Yeah. And Holy Spirit, turn up the volume of God's voice. So I can grow and I can hear correctly, which I love. I just love that. Sometimes I pray that for my kids, like um, five, seven and eight year old also and 20. And I'm like, Lord, turn up your voice so they can discern at this early age, you know, and conviction. I learned this a couple of years ago. Conviction is like a nudge or you just, you know, you get to know that you're like, oh, that was conviction after falling and getting back up. Or is a healthy pressure like in the knower, like in your gut, in the knower. But condemnation is like a gut punch, shame, guilt. Ooh, they run together. I just don't even like that. And so it's learning the difference, asking Holy Spirit to just help you discern because he leads you into all truth. Thank goodness, right? Absolutely. And 
I think that's such an important point that you made about God wanting us to take those thoughts captive. Hmm. I remember when I first was going through the estrangement with my adult daughter, she had made some points that were truly valid. And then on some points, they were, I think, hurtfulness coming from her wounds. And the enemy loves to take that opportunity because he sees that you're down to try to infiltrate your mind and say, oh, you failed in this way. You're no good. You're nothing. And to really bring you all the way down when he sees that you're already bending. And so I love that you're telling us that we can take those thoughts captive. And I look at it like if you were sitting at a restaurant and somebody came by and said, would you like a bottle of wine? Or do you want me to refill your, your glass? And you can say no, and you would have no mind drama about that. It's good. And similarly, when the enemy offers us up a thought or the inner critic shows up with a thought, it's, a, it's an offer. We don't have to take it. We can say, no, I reject that, or I don't want that. So just because it's offered to us doesn't mean that we have to embody it and believe it. And once I wrapped my mind around that, then the enemy lost his power to take a wound and make it bigger. Yeah, that's right. And you gain ground back. That's amazing. Yes. And so when we do discern that it's the inner critic attacking us, how do we break free from that? Because I think learning to do that must be part of healing from the sadness, right? Yeah, that's really important. And I, you know, I'm an external processor and you can probably hear that in some of my answers. It's great, but that's how God made me. And I love myself, but talking out loud it in, if you're comfortable in even next to somebody who's safe, or like we said, a coach, but even in my own atmosphere, it quickly shifts the atmosphere, right? So if you don't talk out loud, totally okay. Taking deep breaths and deep breathing not to bring up new age, they hijacked, well, they hijack everything and counterfeit everything new age, but deep breaths and breathing and meditation on the word is from the father. It's from heaven. And he knows what resets our nervous system and real like deep breaths, right? You take time and you just be able to process, Lord, I want to connect with the voice of truth, really the real voice of truth. So God, how do you see me? Who do you say I am? And really what's the truth here? And then of course, waiting. And just taking that time and giving yourself self-care, really. So I'll just recognize, for example, recognize patterns of sadness or lingering sadness for longer than normal. It hangs out, you know, and I'll pray over myself. And sometimes and I'll ask my husband to pray over me, really, if it's kind of that ungodly sadness or, you know, when something's baggage, really, and not from the father chains. But I will break up with, out loud, I break up with you, sadness. I divorce you. I get rid of this, especially if it's something like I said, longer, we're meant to feel our emotions, feel the feels. And Lord, I choose your happiness. I give you my rags of sadness, exchange them for garments of happiness. And I heard something this morning. Oh man, it blessed me. It fits right in here. The place of surrender is the place of the great exchange. Whew. I surrender my sadness, Lord. Whew. And I exchange it for what you have for me, joy, happiness. Come on, right? And like you said before, be honest. Jesus sees, really be honest and brutally honest. I've had to be in my life. Like, really, I guess too many masks. I was hiding. I was covering myself. And 
I got really honest with the Lord. And I really feel that's the vulnerability, the intimacy, the honesty with the Lord, being able to see that sadness and like put a word to it. He takes it. He exchanges it. Oh, so good. That is powerful. And that has been so true in my life. What you said about the place of surrender being that point of exchange. Um, Going back again to the estrangement with my daughter, I really beat myself up over those mistakes. And for a long time, I was defending myself because I was, the mistakes I made often came from wounds from my own childhood and how I was raised and total forgiveness and love to both of my parents. But there was a lot of turmoil in my childhood and I had not processed that. And so I was parenting from that place. And so I was holding on to this defensiveness with my daughter and saying, but it was because of this, or I didn't mean it like that or whatever it was. And it was not until I reached that full place of surrender where I just stopped defending. I apologized for what was mine to own. And I loved myself through my wounds and the way that I know that God wanted me to love myself. And once I did that, that's when I got that exchange of identity and power and peace and even happiness in the midst of that emotional turmoil, but not until I let go of the defensiveness in the mask that I was trying to say, no, but I didn't really do anything wrong here. Ooh, wow. Surrender. Yeah. Oh man, Jenny, that's good. I'm just like soaking in this right now. Your testimony, you know, that's good. Thank Mm. you so much, Miranda. And you know, it's also a powerful point you made about speaking those words out loud because the Bible tells us the power of life and death are in our tongue. Our words are powerful. So if we're speaking negative words to ourselves, even if it's internal, that's powerful. And then when we start putting the enemy on the run and rebuking Mm -hmm. the feelings that are causing us the sadness, because there's always thoughts and feelings that are precursors to that sadness. So when we start rebuking those and speaking God's love, out loud over our life and putting the inner critic in his place, mm-hmm. things will shift for us. Yes. Internally and then externally. Exactly. So let's talk about the order of things. Mm-hmm. Why is it important that we emotionally heal internally before we attempt to either improve relationships with our adult children or build a life that we enjoy or whatever it is that we're working towards, why is our healing important first? Yeah, that's an amazing question. Um, I feel like projection happens a lot. Like you said, you're parenting from how you were parented. And I'm like, I can so relate to that shaking my head over here while you were saying that. And it's like, hey, I want to break the cycle of really what's been going on in my life. Uh, the generational things like breaking the cycle right? Putting your tent peg in the ground and being like, it stops with me in Jesus name. Like it stops with me and cleaning up my own mess first. I mean, like Danny Silk, ooh, and relationship stuff, love and logic changed my life with uh, parenting and then reparenting myself and my relationships around me, but just really cleaning up my own mess, you know, and not projecting. I just feel like in our pain, there's leakage if you don't really deal with it and it will leak. And whether it's anger, rage, or whatever, I feel it's important to clean up my messes and um, get self-care, put my own oxygen mask on. But like I learned when God was still, it was and still is unraveling codependency in my life, that big word, help me Lord. 
is just owning what's mine, what's not mine, and just getting to a place where I wasn't, you know, puking over my adult daughter and, you know, just being like, no, really my opinions or all that, just be able to humble myself and be like, no, I got my stuff. I'm working on my stuff. Lord, help us just help me to draw that divided, just that good line. She's out of the house now. How do I not become a friend? That's not the word because I was still healing from so much in our relationship, but just um, own what's mine and what's hers, basically. Yeah. And I love that point about having the opportunity to make this stop with you. Because mm-hmm. I think so often the pain is generational in one way or another. Mm-hmm. And when women are in this um, phase where they're feeling really sad over the fact that they've got a broken relationship or the relationship is in turmoil with their adult child, it can be so easy to feel like it's all out of your control and to only see it as something happening to you. But I've come to see that this is an opportunity where, and I I remember us doing a session where God gave me this vision where there were women behind me and I was standing in the gap and I'm almost tearing up talking about this, but um, it was such a powerful revelation of what I was meant to do. And I think that any woman listening to this, if you have an adult prodigal child, I want you to know that I believe God has put a call on your life to stand in the gap and be the person that this pain stops with. And even if you're not in contact with your prodigal, that does not mean you can't mother them because you can engage in spiritual warfare on behalf of your child. You can pray, you can fast if you're able to do that, you can speak scripture over them, and you can keep showing up on the battlefield against the enemy for your child. And when you do that, then that generational wounding and pain will stop with you, even if you're the person that caused the pain. Because in my situation, I was not one of these people that can say, I don't know why my daughter is estranging from me because I was a perfect parent and I did everything by the book. I made so many mistakes. Mm. So a lot of that pain legitimately was caused by me, but I'm also the person who can stop it. It's like picking up your sword, drawing a line in the sand and being like, it stops with me. And oh man, I'm just like, again, soaking in the testimony, your voice and just um, how the lives are being changed, right? When they list the lives are going to be changed. Jenny, oh Lord, I have so much more, but I want to, I'll keep on the course. (laughs) (laughs) So Miranda, my lived philosophy is that there is radical joy available to us, even when we're going through this deep sadness about empty nesting or estranging from a child. Can you talk a bit about how we can experience joy even when we are in the midst of an emotional storm? Yeah, that's amazing. And especially because even when you, ever since I started talking to you and um, just hearing your voice, I hear joy coming out of it. And it's very, uh, just such a blessing to me. And I know so many others. So since I'm really cultivating this in my own life, because like self-pity steals from joy, and I walked in that for so many years, um, unhappiness and ungratefulness, all that steals from joy. And it's like, oh, the kingdom of God is based on righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And I, I really took a temperature and I was like, I am not <laughs> seeing that fruit. Okay. And again, grace, mercy over ourselves. Okay. Like I'm just doing the best I 
could with what I had. But when he's choosing or what he's showing me really is choosing joy. It's my choice. I get to experience it. I'm blessed to. That's my portion, right? And really like the violent take the kingdom by force. I am sometimes need to get fierce. I will choose joy. Like, it's funny. I sound angry even saying that, but then it's like about joy. I will choose joy, but enemy back off. Like me and my family will praise the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Ooh, and praying those verses over me. Um, like we talked about the place of surrender is a place of great exchange. Uh, I trade my sadness, Lord, for your joy. I trade my sadness, like take these robes, these yucky rags, whatever, Lord, and redress me. Mm-hmm. Oh man, dress me in honor, Lord, dress me in joy. I mean, can you even come on? Mm. And there was anointing on that right there. Yes, God. That was powerful. Totally agree that praising God is one of the keys to unlocking the floodgates to that unshakable joy. Regular gratitude practice, just getting in the flow, putting on the praise music, whatever you have to do to praise God, that is proven to change the chemistry going on in our brains. And when we praise God, something spiritually shifts as well. And as long as we base that joy on external circumstances, we are in agreement with the enemy that we're going to be led around by the nose. And once we grasp what spiritual joy is and how to access that and learn to grow that in our lives, we no longer are leaving our happiness up to those external factors. And that's the freedom that Jesus wants to give us. Yes. Yes. And so when it comes to getting support, Is it good to talk to our family members about the sadness or all of our friends, or do you feel it's better to limit who we confide in to a circle of people that are like godly counsel, like a coach, a pastor, maybe other moms in a believer's Facebook group that are in similar places? Yes, man, I've walked this journey. So that's the only reason why I could speak to it. So I have definitely learned my lesson about casting pearls, Jenny. Like I was like, why, why is this happening to me all around me? Because I'm trying to share with everybody what's going on. And no, no, I think it's really important to have safe community. I mean, starting with one, right? Like you said, a coach, a pastor, safe community that you can, and sharing with them openly, Hey, like I am hurting here or I have broken trust in areas or with people. And actually, I don't trust you, but can you just be my friend and come alongside me? Can you just help me? I think someone needed to hear that because that was just, I felt like that was from heaven. Um, But during certain times where I know I'm like leaking or um, not so much explosive, just like irritable, where I'm like, man, mm -mm, something's off. My emotions are the thermometer of the soul. So what's going on, Lord? But I really need my people. And God's really surrounding me most of my life and I look back to in the times I needed them most and I didn't even believe in, in myself or love myself. They did, whether they were like just peeps at school that were safe women, but he surrounded me. So yes, take that for yourself. Somebody needs a testimony about finding safe people. You can take that. But the Bible says there's a wisdom in the counsel of many. There's also other wisdom, wisdom like in counsel verses. Feel free to look that up, you guys. But that being said, I think some family members really can't handle or shouldn't have to handle like hearing our stuff, um, really having a place to share and be vulnerable is important to the healing process. So I'm so glad you brought this up. And I've really learned along the way to fellowship with others 
to the level they can fellowship with, because I didn't know about healthy boundaries, didn't understand that um, years back and just kept building experience like God was teaching me about that. So I would really go deep with really anybody and hey, thanks, you know, desperate. I don't know what that was. And they were like, yeah, I'm good. I'm off out. And, you know, that helped not build the trust cycle in me. So, oh, you can fellowship to this level. Okay. So I'm going to only meet you here, but you know, when a person's heart is for you. And if there isn't safe people, again, seeking out a coach, seeking out pastor, a safe place. What a great, great thing that we're unpacking here. Yeah, absolutely. And I think something that came up as you were saying that I felt like God was also saying that when you find yourself oversharing, so talking with every single person you meet about your situation, check in with yourself and see, are you placing them in the place that God wants to occupy as your sounding board? Because if you are talking to every single person that you can about it, it's like you're putting all your feelers out for validation from everybody. And God wants to be the validator. He wants to be the ultimate confidant. And yes, we should have a circle of those trusted, that godly counsel that is trusted people. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Again, I'm shaking my head because I, I saw myself as you were talking and sharing how important the spirit brought that up is because I saw myself going, Oh, I remember that. And I wasn't like you click on the, you know, the machine at the casino, like, Hey, what do you got for me? I'm going to, I'm going to talk to you. Cause you're going to give me wisdom and pulling on people. And he did, he took me through a season. He's like, Hey, I want you to learn to trust yourself and trust me. I want you to go inward. Not yeah, yeah. navel gaze, where, uh-uh, but go inward. And I was like, really, I, I don't, but I learned there's fear with that. I, I didn't trust myself, Jenny. So it was neat because it exposed or revealed, love reveals, right? Love reveals, shame exposes. And it really helped reveal areas of brokenness. So he even had a purpose in that season of not going to everybody, but you hit it right in the mark. It was almost like a thermometer of where you're at or how much you're communicating or fellowshipping with the Lord, how much you're. I call leaking, but yeah, how much you're spilling over. Yeah. And it was also great that you said not everybody should have to handle all of our stuff either. Mm-hmm. Um, and not oversharing with certain people can actually protect those relationships. Yes. But it can be tempting, for instance, for a mom going through an estrangement from her child to talk to one of their siblings, one of her other adult children about it. But then that puts that child in a tough spot because now they're being pulled between two people they love. So it's best to bypass that and talk to someone in the position of that wise, godly counsel so that you can keep those other relationships clean. Yeah. And in my life, it really actually just bred um, the self-pity, the victim on me, and it bred a division. And so I was like, uh, wow, I I think it just bred yuck. And looking back, I was like, that wasn't fruit. And when I really, you know, started zipping it and just really talking to like picking the coach, thank goodness, choosing the coach, I was like, oh no, this is healthy. This is healthier. So yeah. yeah. And I think when you, when you're talking to your coach or your pastor, I think one of the beautiful things about that is they don't have the same emotional entanglement or enmeshment mm-hmm. in the direct family situation as if you're talking to another family member, or maybe even a very close friend of the family. And so that person can hold space for you and you don't have to be overly concerned about how you're sounding, or if you're saying the wrong thing to them, you can just let what's inside you come out. Agreed. Totally agreed. Yeah. So 
As we wrap up, is there one piece of advice or guidance that you're feeling led to share with our listeners? Yeah, I feel like the word coming up through this that I would have said more out of my mouth, I'm glad I didn't, but it's just process, like being patient with your process, ladies, like being patient with your process and not to skip over the healing season quickly or what's needed. Ooh, there's like pieces that need to come into place and like a puzzle, right? Got to re like putting it, reparenting you, putting you back together in this things that might've happened along the way to heal. And it's okay to kind of sit in the stuff for a little bit, not like camp out there. Cause it's like, he walks me through the Valley of shadow death, but sometimes I, I think it was one of the prophets on Facebook was like, you're supposed to be walking through the Valley, not setting up the, don't get it confused. And I was like, oh, I can, I can totally relate to that. But sitting in your stuff so Papa God can really heal the deep places or do what's needed. And really, so it gets to the DNA and you manifest your healing, like meaning you multiply around you, you see fruit around you, lasting fruit. So basically be patient with your process, be good to yourself. Yeah, you want to go all the way deep with that. As you were speaking about that, I was thinking about how like when somebody has a surgery for cancer, oftentimes they'll do radiation just to make sure that whatever's below the surface, what you can't see is healed so that you have a better chance of going on with the rest of your life. And I think similarly, we need to let that, that healing process go deep because it may be that there's still residual disease or sludge that is below the surface that we need to dig deep to get to so that we're truly healed and so that that doesn't start growing again. Yeah, I agree. Like an opportunity for the deeper healing that we don't see. That's great opportunity. Wow. So Miranda, I imagine that like me, there are people out there listening that are just in all of you, like, where can I connect with her? So tell our listeners, how can they connect with you, learn more about your work, supporting women in that spiritual breakthrough and transformation? Yeah, I appreciate you, Jenny. It's just an honor to be here and just walk alongside you in this and just honor the gifts and the voice inside of you. I just was like getting uh, like healed during our, our talk. And I was like, wow, spiritual joy. Okay, check. I'm going back to my notes. Um, so my podcast is Recalibrating Hearts podcast. I'm looking up there. And MirandaWendler.com is my website. Um, there's just resources for just um, a free printable and just other article, just other things on my website. Um, but thank you again for this. This has been amazing. Well, I have absolutely loved having you. And I really hope that you will come back and talk to us because I know there are so many things you and I were trying to like figure out which things should we talk about? Because we're so passionate about so many relevant things to these women. So I hope you will join us again someday. I thank you for spending time today. And I believe it's going to bless the people who hear this. Totally. And would you mind walking us out in prayer? Oh, I would love to. Thanks, Jenny. Um, Father, we just bless your name and we praise you. Thank you for using our voices to just um, enlarge the kingdom, impact the kingdom for your glory. And we just bless those within the frequency and the sound of our voices. We bless the ears listening, that they'd have ears to hear, a heart to understand, eyes to see. And God, you know, these women and um, just the women in your, your children just sitting there with like either empty nest or 
things happening and they have issues going on. I just ask that Holy Spirit would go deep, deep into the deep recesses of their soul and get to those soul wounds, get to any trauma, get to any issues as they give you permission to partner with their breakthrough. I ask that Holy Spirit would go and just pour the power of the living God, the resurrection power of the cross into hearts, into sadness, into anger, into um, like feeling abandoned or anything they're feeling. Holy Spirit, would you do that? Lord, I thank you. They position their hearts to hear. They position their hearts to heal. They get to partner with you. I ask for face-to-face encounters with you. And I ask words that are meant to hit their hearts and sow seeds like fire in their hearts that Holy Spirit would water, water those seeds. We thank you, Lord, for just recalibrating hearts. We thank you for empowering them on their journey and equipping them and just more tools in their tool belt to be able just to walk their journey and gain ground back that is meant to be theirs. We love you so much, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you again, Miranda. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Jenny. Hey, sister friend. Thanks for spending time with me. If this podcast inspired you, blessed you, or helped you in some way, I'd love for you to share it with another mom who could be edified by it. Also, the number one way you can thank me is by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps more moms like us find and be blessed by the show. Remember, you are salt and fire. You're a daughter of the Most High King, and joy is available to you.